Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 263 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we continue with September the 14th to September the 20th, covering 3rd Nephi 8-11, to Arise and Come Forth Unto Me. And today we're going to cover the section which is titled, I Can Learn to Hear and Understand uh, God's Voice, covering 3rd Nephi 11, 1-8. So yesterday when we left off, the people had just heard the, the voice of the father for the first time uh, and they hadn't understood it. Um, they were looking about uh, rather than looking elsewhere. They, they were looking at each other, which is interesting. It was kind of like they were saying, did you hear that? You know, did, or is it just me? I, what, what was that noise? What did it say? I didn't, I didn't hear that. Um, it's interesting. And I'm going to share this quote by um, Boyd K. Packer, who said, quote, The Spirit does not get our attention by shouting or shaking us with a heavy hand. Rather, it whispers. It caresses so gently that we, if we are preoccupied, we may not feel it at all. Occasionally, it will press just firmly enough for us to pay heed. But most of the time, if we do not heed the gentle feeling, the Spirit will, will withdraw and wait until we come seeking and listening and say in our manner an expression like Samuel of ancient times, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Close quote. It is our duty, our responsibility to be listening for the, for the promptings of the Holy Ghost. Um, they are so very still, they are very subtle and very, you know, quiet. Uh, and we need to make sure that we are putting ourselves in positions where we are ready to hear those promptings and those thoughts. In verse 4 it says, And it came to pass that again they heard the voice, and they understood it not. So again this voice comes, and they don't understand. Uh, Boyd K. Packer also said, quote, We do not, do not have the words, even the scriptures do not have the words, which perfectly describe the spirit. The scriptures generally use the word voice, which does not exactly fit. These delicate, refined spiritual communications are not seen with our eyes or nor heard with our ears. And even though it is described as a voice, it is a voice that one feels more than one hears. Close quote. We feel the spirits rather than hear it usually. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certain there are experiences where people have heard the spirit um, with their ears, or perhaps they have felt the feeling so strong it's almost been as if it was an actual voice that they've heard. Um, but it is something which is very subtle and it's very difficult to describe to someone who has not felt the influence of that spirit, who has not felt it penetrate their heart. Um I think it's down to us. It's our duty to make sure that we we start to understand and gain a relationship with not just our Saviour, but interestingly, a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Because as we do that, we start to understand more uh, how we can receive receive that guidance um, because then we can recognise it better. I think it is important to to develop that relationship with the Holy Ghost as well. And we don't really talk about that. Uh, In uh, David Butler, in his book, Spirit, the gift that connects you to heaven. He said this, quote, No matter how people refer to the Spirit, He is a Him. And that means you can have a relationship with Him. You can feel things about Him, and He has feelings about and can have a relationship with you. Close quote. Obviously, it is so important that we build this relationship with our Saviour, uh, that we, um, we, you know, seek to uh, build that closeness with Him. But it's also important that we build a relationship with the Holy Ghost in the sense that we understand how we how we hear him, how we communicate with him. Um, because then in verse five, it says, and again, that the third time they did hear the voice and did open their ears to hear it and their eyes were towards the sound thereof. And they did look steadfastly towards heaven from whence the sound came. Three things we learn here. 
that the manual is asking us to search for as to how we can make sure that we hear and understand God's voice. Um, they, first of all, open their ears to hear it. So clearly they weren't opening their ears before. And so this indicates that they were perhaps not listening as intently or as, or as pondering or as, or as being as quiet as they could to hear this, this sound. Um, also, their eyes looked upward rather than around them, which is a clear difference to a couple of verses before where they, where they looked, they cast their eyes around at each other. Instead, they looked to heaven to uh, try and understand that voice. And we must do that as well. We must turn ourselves toward heaven if we want to understand uh, the words that are being spoken to us. And then uh, also, uh, they it was they looked steadfastly, uh, which indicates to me that, you know, it wasn't just, a, oh, okay, I guess I'll try and listen. You know, it must be coming from somewhere else. They were steadfast in trying to hear that. And we must be the same as well if we seek to receive personal revelation. Uh, and then the, the third time they heard the voice, it says, Behold, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name, hear ye him. And so here we have one of the rare occasions in the, in the standard works where the father himself speaks. Um, and often when he speaks, it is in pointing toward his son, Jesus Christ. Devin G. Durant said this, quote, I'm always, I've always been impressed with how Heavenly Father introduces Jesus Christ as his beloved son. I enjoy praying for my children by name as they listen to me express to Heavenly Father how beloved they are to me. It seems there is no better time to communicate love to our children than when praying with them or blessing them. When families gather in humble, humble prayer, powerful and lasting lessons are taught. Close quote. As I sit here and think about that, it makes me realise that as a parent, I've kind of not, and by the way, like don't, don't judge me straight away when I first say this, I've stopped saying prayers in front of my children. Let me explain. Because our children are so eager in saying prayers over the meals, uh, in our family prayers at night time and so on, they're so eager to say, say the prayers. We've kind of fallen into a routine where one of them says the breakfast prayer, one of them says the lunch, the next one says the lunchtime prayer, then they go back to the first one for the dinner prayer, then the, then the other one has to say the bedtime prayer. Um, and it's actually gotten to a stage now because they're so eager to pray, which is wonderful, uh, it's beautiful, but actually they don't hear us as their parents pray so much because we're letting them say the prayers because they're so eager to. And obviously I think that that example from Devin G. Durant, Durant is a beautiful one. We need to be able to have our children hear us pray for them by name and how much we love them. Uh, and so I think for me personally, one takeaway I'm going to take from today is trying to negotiate with my children that I can say one of the prayers each day. Or even if they are still insistent, they say one of the prayers, then allowing me to say a prayer as well. Um, because I think that that will be important for them to uh, hear and listen to. So they cast their eyes up uh, towards heaven and they see a man descending. And of course, we now this is the moment we've been waiting for, really from the start of the Book of Mormon, looking forward to Christ coming to these people. Um, obviously, this, will ha this has a huge impact on them uh, for multiple generations. When he arrives, um, he says, Behold, I am Jesus Christ, who the prophets testified shall come into the world. And behold, I am the light and the life of the world. And I have drunk out of that bitter cup which the Father have given me. And I've glorified the Father in taking upon me the sins of the world, in the which I have suffered the will of the Father in all things from the, from the beginning. It is a beautiful moment in the scriptures. And we're actually going to pause there in terms of events and verses. We're going to stop right there because tomorrow uh, we have, uh, hopefully, 
a, a guest um, studier on the podcast, uh, Jason Sands from uh, from episode two hundred and one. He has he's reached out and is interested in having a study session with me. So hopefully we'll be studying this uh, tomorrow uh, with him. And uh, like I've, like I've said many times, if you or you're interested in joining up with me on Zoom, it's very easy to do, very easy to record the audio. Uh, and it'd be wonderful to have some other voices on this podcast studying with me. LDSstudySession at gmail.com if you're interested. But to finish, I want to share a quote by uh, Robert D. Hales, who talks about how the words of the prophets were f- fulfilled when Christ came. Um, he said, quote, Brothers and sisters, the prophecies of Christ's first coming were fulfilled every whit. As a result, many throughout the world did believe that the Saviour did come and did live in the meridian of time. But there are still many prophecies yet to be fulfilled. In this and other conferences, we hear living prophets prophesy and testify of Christ's second coming. They also witness of the signs and wonders all about us, telling us that Christ will surely come again. Are we choosing to believe on their words? Or despite their witnesses and warnings, are we waiting for evidence? Are we walking in darkness at noonday, refusing to see by the light of modern prophecy and denying that the light of the world will return to rule and reign among us? Close quote. I think there is obviously an, a tendency for us to be cautious with this uh, topic and say, well, you know, we don't know when he's going to come. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, speculate or you know say that we know when it is. And of course, we don't know when it's going to happen. There has been some theories and suggestions based on scriptures and, and a, a general conference quotes. But even so, we don't really know when it's going to happen. But one thing that we cannot deny and that we must testify of is that Christ will come again and it is coming. Uh, and so like these Nephites, will we be prepared or, well, I should say for, for some of the Nephites, they weren't prepared. So let's try and make sure that we are. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you do tune in yet tomorrow, um, for we do have a uh, guest study planned for that. And I, and I love, I loved it last time. And so I'm really looking forward to that. Please do, um, join us on Facebook, Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. If you'd like to uh, join with your study thoughts, I'd love to hear them on there whether it's about what we've studied today or anything else that you've been studying, I'd love to hear it. And you can also email, as I mentioned, ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you have any feedback or if you'd like to join on a future podcast episode yourself. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.